Righteousness means God's character. This means that righteousness, justice, perfection, which God himself possesses and shows to each one of us in the word of God. No one has ever seen God. And yet Jesus Christ, out of all eternity, was sent by the Father to come into this world and to become righteousness for each one of us individually. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks so much for joining us today. Continuing our study of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Raul will challenge you to walk in step with God on paths of righteousness rather than traveling the route of empty religion. You'll see that outward piety is no replacement for inward repentance and an honest commitment to holiness. Here's Raul with today's lesson. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. We're only going to take verse 20. The title of my message is True Righteousness, Not Religion. I like what Martin Lloyd-Jones said, the English teacher in England many years ago. He said about this whole thing of justification, he says, Were they, those were interested in details? Rather than principles, that they were interested in actions, speaking of the Pharisees, rather than in motives, and that they were interested in doing rather than in being. I think that's the same problem today. There's a lot of religions, there's a lot of people that don't understand true salvation, true righteousness. And I think that Jesus here brings up one of the greatest topics, and probably in the whole Sermon on the Mount, this is the key verse. Because as he's talking to the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, especially the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the ones that were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the nation. Nicodemus was one of those uh, righteous Pharisees among the 71 called the Sanhedrin or the government of Israel. And yet Jesus in coming and being not only born of a virgin and living here for 33 years... When he started his ministry, the Pharisees, the scribes and Sadducees constantly were harassing him and following him because of the teaching that he was given to the people. It was a teaching on true righteousness. Let's begin by reading what he says to them. In chapter 5, verse 20, he says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now what he's declaring here is that every person that is seeking after religion, a religion of works, like the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, the Taoists, the Buddhists, uh, the Muslims, and so many others that are trying to go to heaven by works that it's important that they understand that this is not the way to get to heaven. Now, because Christianity is not a religion, the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by being not only in the Old Testament and bring us to the New Testament, 
That in the Old Testament, they lived, God gave the law to Moses, the Ten Commandments. And then in the New Testament, it's about the grace of God where the law points to our guilt and points to us to what? To faith in Jesus Christ for forgiveness. We're not saved by the law. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And so when you think of faith, especially coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, there are still so many people in so many different churches that they think by coming to church, giving their tithe, helping little old people maybe across the street or doing good deeds, that God is going to accept them into heaven because they did this. It doesn't work that way. No one that has done good works apart from faith in Jesus Christ will inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what I say. That's what the Bible teaches. Jesus again said, I say unto you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are the same when he speaks about that. So we think of all the religions of the world that are teaching and preaching a false doctrine of salvation. And the reason is because not only the leaders are deceived, but they're trying to also deceive the people that they're ministering to all the time. And yet the Bible, listen to what the Bible teaches. In the Bible we see these kind of false teachers Number one, they denied the deity of Jesus Christ, that he's God. Listen to what he says in 2 John 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. So they're denying the incarnation of Christ. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Secondly, the most important also is they denied the grace of God. The grace of God. Galatians 1.6. I marvel, Paul says, that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ. To a different gospel. Which is not another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven, Preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you. Let him be accursed. Anathema in the Greek, which means to go and to be sent to the lowest of hells. He says, as we have said before, now I say again. If anyone preaches any other gospel, let him be anathema or accursed. And then Peter, thirdly, Talks about these Christ deniers in 2 Peter 2.1. He says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. So the Pharisees were religionists. The scribes. Also had some type of righteousness, but it was self-righteousness by trusting in themselves. And then you think about how they not only preached it, 
But they wanted to convince people that Jesus was not the Mashiach or the Messiah or the anointed one of God. They were always fighting against the truth. And yet the Pharisees were supposed to teach the truth to the people. They got so caught up with the outward manifestation of works that instead of looking at the inside, which is the most important, the heart, the condition of the heart, my commitment to Jesus Christ by being born again of the Holy Spirit, not trusting in myself or trusting in any other person, but trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And yet the Pharisees, they lack the essentials, loving God, much more than they love themselves and denied not only the deity of Jesus Christ, but they were self-righteous upon themselves. And then just like the word of God says, when Paul writes the book of Romans, listen to what he says in Romans 3.20. He says, therefore by the deeds or the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law brought us to the knowledge of sin. The Holy Spirit in the early church and in here today, at that times we're living it. When a person doesn't know Christ, you witness to that person, or they see a television program or radio, or they read something about Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, they start getting a conviction in their hearts. Well, the Holy Spirit is within and upon us. Three propositions given to us. The Holy Spirit is with a person when they begin to be convicted. He's with them. And he's bringing them to a place of conviction. You can't do those things that you used to do because now you're convicted because the Holy Spirit. And when you come to that place of conviction and you're willing to submit your will to repenting of your sins, then as you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, into your life. So now it's within you. And then God begins to give you a hunger and a thirst to read the word of God. And as you read and as you begin to develop spiritually, then the Lord puts a call in your life. And a lot of times because the devil comes against us all the time, we're tempted every single day. And the goal of Satan is to destroy you. He's come to rob, to steal, and to kill, the Bible says. So I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, the EP experience. Acts 1.8, where the Holy Spirit will come upon me and make me a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, which what? It gives me power over sin when I'm tempted. And that's why Paul says here, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, but by the law, the knowledge of sin. And notice again, but now the righteousness of God. Apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all who believe, for there is no difference. The faith that we put on Jesus Christ makes me and you righteous. It's not an outward righteousness, it's an inward righteousness. The Pharisees and the scribes and Sadducees, they had an outward righteousness. Everything but works, not faith. And Jesus rebukes them. 
This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We'll continue with today's message titled, True Righteousness, Not Religion, right after this. First time I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away by it. I realized and I learned that we are all called to be salt in this earth. And we are to be a preservative to this world that is dying. Christ has placed us in this world to be a light, to be a witness of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we can sometimes forget that we need to stand out from this world and to be set apart. We need to actually live the gospel. Otherwise, how can we lead people to the Lord? We are called to long-suffering, to prayer, to forgiveness. And we are called to know the purpose God has for our lives. And to be in God's perfect will so that we can complete the work He has called us to do. Allow this book, Sermon on the Mount, to minister and transform your life the same way it did my life. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com to order Rawls' new book, Sermon of Sermons. Now, here's Raul Reese once again. Then again, he says that righteousness is the way to right living and right thinking. Righteousness of God is used in three ways in Scripture. Number one, righteousness means God's character. This means that righteousness, justice, perfection, which God himself possesses and shows to each one of us in the Word of God. True righteousness, that he is a holy God. No one, no one has ever seen God. And yet Jesus Christ out of all eternity was sent by the Father to come into this world. And to what? And to become righteousness for each one of us individually. By accepting Jesus Christ by faith. And even it means that righteousness here, not only in justice and perfection. But think of how many within the church are trying to be saved by works just like the world when we're what? We're justified and saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Notice, by the grace of God. The grace of God, the unmerited favor God's given to us. Secondly, righteousness refers to a man's lack of godly character. Look at the situation in the church today concerning character, concerning righteousness and holiness. How can it be that people can say they're Christians and continue in their old sins? When Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. And yet there are some of you even here that are struggling in your past sins. And the reason is because there has to be a full submission of your life. A full submission of self. And then on the other side, you're not reading God's word. You're not really praying. You're not really looking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're still with your old friends that are not only you're supposed to influence them. They're influencing you. And what do you do? You compromise. You compromise with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you don't have a godly character in your life. It's lacking. And then thirdly. Righteousness means that the perfection which God provided for men is in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. What a man allows the Lord Jesus Christ to take away his sins. 
Then as he takes our sins, what does he do? He washes us by his blood, and he says, you are now righteous. This is why Paul again says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So God the Father sent his Son so that he could die, rise again, and that we could become righteous in him. The righteousness of God. Philippians 3.9. He says, And be found in him not having my own righteousness. That's what the Pharisees had. They were trusting in their own self-righteousness. Which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. There it is again. By faith. Not by feeling, not by works. And then Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Why? Lest anyone should boast. It would be boasting about everything we do. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Notice, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. When you have true faith and true righteousness, you're going to do true works. Works that are everlasting. God is the one that gives you the honor and he praises the things that you do. Not the world. We're not being saved for the world. We're being saved for Jesus Christ. So that when he comes again, we'll be able to be with him. Or if we die before he comes, that immediately as I take my last breath, I'll be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's righteousness for men is without the law, according to this. Notice number one, the law does not allow disobedience. It requires what? Obedience in the kingdom of God. Anyone who disobeys the law becomes a lawbreaker and a transgressor, which means a willful act upon what? The word of God. You willfully sin. It's not by ignorance. Secondly, the law does not have the power to make a person obedient. The law points to my sin, and then it points to Jesus Christ so that I can come and repent of my sins, and then I come into the kingdom of God by faith, and then he expects me to do what? To obey his word. I have a will to disobey or to obey. So it's important that we understand why the law was given. And then check this out. He says, God's righteousness for man was foretold by the Old Testament prophets and the law of God. Way back in the past, it was given to us. This is clearly seen in the lives of Abraham and David. Think about Abraham and David. Think of the others that by faith, They were doing what God had called them to do. Abraham came from a homotoral heathenism. I mean, his father believed in worshiping the moon. Think about that. He was a heathen. And God called him, and Abraham became obedient to what God had called him to do, to become the father of the faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And you go all through the line of the prophets. Until Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law and to become what? The Savior of the world. And then thirdly, God's righteousness is revealed in Jesus Christ when he came, what? His singleness of heart, his perfect life, his ideal life, his representative of God. 
And then how about this? As the Savior of the world for everyone and anyone that wants to come to Jesus Christ. He can be saved. Just like in Philippians 3.9, he says, And be found in Jesus Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And then 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Three things. He became righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He redeemed us. He sanctified us. When we repented and came to Jesus Christ and accepted him as our Lord and Saviors. Now righteousness is for everyone. Everyone. And scripture is clear about this. Righteousness is for all who believe in Jesus Christ as a possession. First Peter 1.4. By which we have been given to us an exceeding great and precious promises. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Through what? Through lust. And then how about Jesus speaking in the gospel of John 14. When he's getting ready to depart. He says in verse 16. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, which is called the Paracletus, or the Holy Spirit, or the Assistant. He says that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and and will be in you. With you. In you, in Acts 1 8, shall be upon you, within and upon the Holy Spirit's work in this world. And yet, why is it that people are not going to have the power of God? The power of God is needed in such a way because of the sin nature, because of Satan, because of his adversaries, the demons. You have to remember the righteousness is laid upon believers covering as a clothing. In 2 Corinthians 5.21 he says, For he made us who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Ephesians 4.24 And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Holiness. Colossians 3.3 For you died... And your life now is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3.10 And you have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, the Father and the Son. As you think about what Rawl taught today, we encourage you to examine where you stand with the Lord. Whether you're following Him in true righteousness or simply going through the motions of empty religion, you're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the message you've heard today, we'll be glad to send you an unedited version for a gift of $5 or more. Our phone number is 800-634-9165. And when you contact us, ask for the lesson titled, True Righteousness, Not Religion. To equip you with more into what it looks like to walk in a saving relationship with God, we'd like to tell you more about Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons. 
exploring how the Lord first calls you to genuine faith, you'll see how your love for Him should naturally spill over into every area of your life. Get in touch with us today to order Roll's new book titled Sermon of Sermons for the introductory rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. To make your purchase, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Your partnership is crucial to the success of this ministry, and we're grateful for your generous tax-deductible gifts. We invite you to join us again next time as we return to God's Word for more of the hope, wisdom, and direction He wants to give us every day. Here's Roll now once again with a closing thought from today's lesson. And then thirdly, how about the righteousness that is needed by all people? Everybody needs righteousness, right? Romans 3.23, I love the scripture. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All fall short of the glory of God. Did you see what he said there? All have sinned. Everybody in the whole world. Because of Adam and Eve. When you go back to the Garden of Eden, these are our first parents. They were in the Garden in perfection. And when they sinned against God, imperfection entered the world. And that's why when Adam and Eve, our first parents, hid themselves from the presence of God, what did God do? God gave them skins of animals, and God made an atonement for them. And later on, He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Because before that, it was only a covering. When Jesus Christ came, He says it was a full-on forgiveness and washing of our sins, and cast to the east or the west, and buried in the deepest part of the ocean, and never again does He remember them. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.